following talk is from St. Michael's Fowell, a gospel-centered community for Fowell, Teddington and beyond. Our passion is to see every life following Jesus. For more information, visit our website, stmichaelsfowell.co.uk. And I'm going to invite uh, Charlotte to come and read from Acts chapter 4, page 108. 9-6, starting at verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Charlotte, thank you very, very much indeed. Um, If you're sitting on the end, uh, pull out the handout, uh, which hopefully is near you. If you could pass that down the row as ever, that would be absolutely wonderful. And that handout particularly will have uh, bits in the Bible that we're going to be uh, having a look at. If you want to jot things down, there's a pen around as well. And um, we're going to be taking a break from this series over the next three weeks as we uh, celebrate Easter together. But, and then we'll be back for, for two more, thinking about the gathering uh, after Easter, uh, near the end of April. But uh, now we're going to come to think about our words to God. Last week we thought about God's word to us, now we're thinking about our words to God. Let's pray as we uh, come to think about this. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you speak to us through your word. And Lord, we ask that you might do that now. And in the words that we see in 1 Samuel 3, we pray, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, here's a tricky question. How is your prayer life? How is your prayer life? Never the easiest question to be asked. And here's one way to think about it. It's the boat race today. And uh, Tim Keller, uh, the pastor and author, uh, talks about our prayer life. He uses this illustration to help us sort of think where we're at at the moment in our, in our prayer life with the Lord. Think of it like this. Think of your soul as a boat, a boat which has both oars and a sail. And uh, he asked the question, where are you? Four different options. One, are you sailing? In other words, are you someone who's living as a Christian and you feel the wind at your back? 
God, his love, they feel real to you. Uh, You're seeing prayers answered. When you open scripture, you feel God speak powerfully to you. You can see him at work in others. It's wonderful when we have those experiences, even if they're temporary. And I hope and trust that we all do, uh, at least from time to time. But is that where we're at at the moment? Are we sailing? Second option, are we rowing? Now, this is uh, the person for whom um, the Christian life, especially reading the Bible and, and praying, they perhaps feel a bit more of a duty than a delight. Uh, perhaps God feels a little bit distant. You rarely sense his presence. You're not seeing prayers answered so much. Perhaps you're struggling with doubt. But despite that, despite a sense of spiritual dryness, you're still going. Uh, You're still rowing, as it were. You're not descending into self-pity. You're still letting God be God. That's the second option. Are you rowing? Third, are you drifting? Uh, In some ways, a similar experience to rowing. A feeling spiritually dry. But the difference is that you've stopped rowing. You're drifting. You're not praying. You don't read God's word. Uh, Perhaps you can sense yourself slightly turning in on yourself. Uh, Maybe you've seen some of your behavior just be increasingly self-indulgent or self-centered or whatever it might look like. Are you drifting? Fourth option, are you sinking? Uh, This is where drifting leads. Eventually drifting uh, leads away from the shipping lanes and uh, you sort of lose that forward motion. The heart is numb. Uh, Perhaps you're full of self-pity, perhaps numb. There's perhaps resentment in your life and you just feel the ship is almost sunk. I guess in a room this size, we'll be in all those different places. Sailing, rowing, drifting, sinking. I wonder, how would you describe yourself and your relationship with the Lord? My guess is that we'll all be struggling in one way or another in our prayer life. And that can come about through so many Uh, different reasons. Sometimes there's just the busyness of life. Sometimes there's the sense of self-sufficiency. Sometimes we struggle because we're feeling unworthy. Uh, Maybe we're just doubting that prayer actually changes anything. Maybe we're harboring sin in our life, and that's a block to our relationship with God. It's often said that prayer is an expression of our faith, and our faith can often be very weak. So I guess the issue here is that if we're rowing, if we're stopped rowing, if we're sinking, if we're drifting, how do we pick up the oars again? How do we get going again? Well, I think that's why this is so important, this gathering is so important. I think the best piece of advice I give to you, if that is your situation, is come to church. Do what you've done this morning. Come to this 
gathering. Come to church and pray with others. We need one another. And uh, particularly in our prayer life, we need one another. Uh, we often think of praying as, as a very individualistic thing. Uh, it is true that we're called to pray as individuals to the Lord, to relate to him as individuals, but we're also called to do that together and to have one another to help us in that. Right from the start of the church, in Acts chapter 2, you'll see uh, the reference there. This is what the church did when they gathered. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Last week we thought about that word devoted. And uh, yes, devoted to God's word and devoted they were to prayers. Our gatherings are not passive events uh, where we're just receiving. They're deeply relational. There's a two-way conversation going on here. God speaks and we respond. Uh, this quote we've heard a number of times from Matt Redmond over the past few weeks. I think up so well. At our gatherings, we are breathing in revelation and then breathing out response. We breathe in re revelation. That's what we thought about last week, wasn't it? As God's word is breathed into us. And do you remember that image from Ezekiel of the valley of the dry bones? And as God's word breathes into us, it animates us. It gives us life. And so we become living spiritual beings. Coming to church on Sunday is not like reading the Sunday papers um, or reading your news feed on your phone where we can hear loads of stuff, we can learn loads of stuff, there's lots of input, but actually it doesn't demand any response from us. It's just interesting information. Coming to church as we receive, we receive a personal message. It's more like receiving an email. Or what's that message? Personal to us, that demands our response. So as we hear God's word, we're to respond to it. And it's worth just saying here, it is so important that we first do hear God's word when it comes to prayer. Our praying must be shaped by God's word for us. Because without that, we wouldn't know who we're praying to. Our prayers could very easily come detached from reality. We wouldn't know who God was. We wouldn't know how he wants us to pray. We wouldn't know what he would want us to pray. So we must start with God's word for us. That's what shapes our praying. In particular, it shapes our understanding of who we praise to. Uh, Tim Keller again puts it like this. He says this, in every case, as we look through Scripture, in every case, the nature of prayer is determined by the character of God, who is at once our friend, father, lover, shepherd, and king. Isn't that wonderful? God's word tells us who God is. He is our friend. He is our father, he is our lover, he is our shepherd, he is our king. Do you see how hearing that, how knowing that, then totally shapes our response to him? If that is what he's like, then that shapes how we respond. 
which is the second point there. Why do we pray? Well, we pray in response uh, to a relationship with a generous father because of who God is. It's how Jesus invites us to pray. Our Father in heaven. This is really the key, isn't it, to any prayer life, is knowing who God is. He is our Father. We are his beloved children. Charlie pointed us earlier to Matthew 7, that invitation to ask and seek and knock. Why? Because God is a Father who knows how to give good gifts. must admit, I'm not brilliant at presents. But I don't think so far I've sort of given my children, I haven't given them any poisonous snakes or pet spiders or anything that's going to be destructive for them. Um, I can manage that as a father. How much more, we were hearing earlier from Charlie, does God our Heavenly Father know how to give us good things, just what we need? That fundamentally shapes our prayer life with him. Third, under this point, we pray, why we pray together is because we pray in community with brothers and sisters in Christ. As I said, it's very easy to think of prayer very individualistically. But I think that would be a a, a real tragedy to do that. It's actually in our public praying, right here, often, that we learn to pray. We learn how to pray. Prayer is often caught rather than taught. We see other people pray and we catch a vision for how to pray. Uh, John Calvin, the reformer, he he was big on this. He said this, that uh, public ministry is what shapes private devotion, not vice versa. Public ministry is what shapes private devotion, not vice versa. Uh, That's true. That's true for our gatherings. It's true uh, in our families as well. If we want to teach our children to pray, it's how we pray around the table, how we pray uh, with them, putting them to bed at night or whatever it might be, that shapes how they learn how to pray themselves. True amongst our small groups and with friends. We learn from one another. And one of the wonderful things about hearing other people pray, is that we learn things about God that we might not otherwise have thought about. Uh, C.S. Lewis gives us a great insight into this. Uh, He says that it takes a community of people to get to know an individual. So he particularly spoke of a time when a friend of his died. And one of the things he particularly mourned about the death of his friend is how he actually lost a part of another friend of his, having to be J.R. Tolkien, because the friend who had died brought out a side of Tolkien that C.S. Lewis himself couldn't bring out. He says this, By myself, I am not large enough to call the whole man. It's a fascinating insight. It takes a community of people to get to know an individual. Well, that's true for people, for friends. How much more true is that of God and Jesus? And isn't that one of the joys of praying with others? We see and hear things about Jesus that we have not yet discovered for ourselves. So there's some excellent reasons why we pray together. 
when we come together in our gatherings, in response to God's word to us, in relationship with a generous father, in community with brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, what do we pray? What should we be praying? Um, again, God's word helps us so much with this. And two places particularly I want to take us to think about what are the type of prayers that we've been praying, that we've been praying all through this morning already. Uh, the Psalms helps us massively in this. Uh, the prayer book of the Bible, it's often called. Uh, and uh, the Psalms, we see so many different ways of praying to the Lord. And they're a way of God saying, look, these are all different ways you can pray and should be praying to the Lord. We need to be praying prayers of praise. It is so important for us. Perhaps these are the prayers we find hardest to pray. Actually, I'm, one of the things I've been reading on this that I was particularly challenged by is a, a comment that our capacity to praise God is actually a pretty good sign of our spiritual health. I don't know if you ever thought of it like this. Do you know the, uh, the radio program, Just a Minute? Anyone fan of Just a Minute? Where you've got to speak for as long as you can, up to a minute, uh, without repetition, deviation, or hesitation. Um, can you imagine, how would you feel about playing that game with praising God? Uh, give yourself, you can hesitate for a little bit longer, perhaps. But without repetition, without deviation, uh, how long could we extol God's praises for? I found that really challenging. Uh, wonderfully, the Bible and uh, the Psalms particularly help us with that. Uh, Psalms of praise, I've listed some of them there. Uh, our singing helps us so much with that, doesn't it? The songs we sing as we gather together helps us to praise God, to identify things about God that we want to adore him for, extol him for. We need to be praying, prayers of praise. Also confession, we've been doing that this morning. We do that week by week. Uh, we are uh, greatly blessed by uh, wonderful prayers of confession, both in the Bible, Psalm 51 being a great one, but also um, in Anglican history, there's some fantastic prayers of confession that we pray together. We need to be praying prayers of thanksgiving as well, reminding us of God's grace in our lives. That's what Psalm 30 that we uh, said together uh, does for us. We can be praying prayers of lament as well. This is so liberating. This is recognizing that we're invited by God to pray prayers that recognize that we live in a world that's fallen, that all is not well. And we can give voice to that. Again, some psalms there that can help us do that. And finally, as we've just been uh, praying, prayers of petition. Uh, Sandy and Catherine leading us in that. Uh, such an important part for what we do together because we're invited to come before God and to bring our needs and to pray for our world, to pray for our community, to pray for ourselves. And here's the thing, with these prayers, we have to hold these things together and I hope our gatherings do that. To keep a balance between praise and confession and thanksgiving and lament and petition. And in our own prayer life, to take that into our own prayer life through the week to hold all these prayers together. Uh, the Lord's Prayer is the other obvious place to go in the Bible to understand the shape of our prayers. And it has a similar shape to it. 
Uh, we're called there to praise God, exalt him, his reputation, his rule, his plans. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. And yet also that invitation to petition, asking for his provision and protection. And there's also, of course, confession in there, forgive us our, our sins. By the way, if you there's any prayer to have in your mind, make it the Lord's prayer. Uh, it is a wonderful prayer. Just saying it regularly in church means that as we go out into the week, we can have it in our mind, and it can help shape our prayers. The beauty of the Lord's Prayer, you can pray it in about 15 seconds. So if you haven't got time to pray, pray the Lord's Prayer. Uh, but also you can expand it out. You can sort of add in your things under each line, pray a line, and then add in things with that. And find you end up praying for quite a long time on the back of that. So that's uh, the what. How? How do we pray as we come together? And just a few quick things on this. We pray in the name of Jesus. Uh, I wonder, have you ever wondered, why do we so often finish our prayers by saying, in the name of Jesus, amen? Well, it's because he is our root. He's the access. Uh, He gives us the access to the Father. He is the way. 1 Timothy 2 puts it like this, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. Uh, We pray in the name of Jesus because he gives us access to God. It's through him, through his death, uh, that he's brought us forgiveness of sin. It's in union with him that we come before God as our heavenly father. And we don't do so on our own either because we come with the help of his spirit. Uh, Romans 8 Uh, wonderfully says this, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. I think it's the saying that that, um, the Spirit is like the very best sub-editor who takes our inadequate words and he brings them before the Father as we would have prayed them if we had perfect knowledge and perfect hearts. Charles Spurgeon has a lovely quote on this. He says this, I thank God that my prayers go to heaven in the revised version. That's a comfort, isn't it? So we pray in the name of Jesus. We pray with the help of the Spirit. We pray when we come together both prepared and spontaneous prayers. I don't know how you feel about set prayers. I guess for many of us, there is a bit of an aversion to to formalism, to ritualism. It can feel inauthentic. It can feel a bit detached. And there is a very real possibility of that. In in Matthew 6, Jesus warned against the hypocrisy of vain repetition. But then he went straight on in Matthew 6 to give us the Lord's Prayer, a, a sort of set prayer. Uh, and a brilliant model for us. So there is great benefit in prepared prayers, as well as spontaneous prayers, which come up from our heart, as we ask, seek, and knock, as we relate to God as our Heavenly Father. And linked with that, there's great benefit in historic and contemporary prayers. Uh, We want our prayers to be contemporary, because we want to be authentic. We want it to be us, to speak, in language that we would use. That's how we're called to relate to our Father. 
And yet there is much that we can learn from history too. Uh, I put there, um, I won't go through it all, but uh, Thomas Cramner, this is the weekly um, call out for Thomas Cramner. I think I managed to get him in almost all my sermons over the last few weeks. Uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury, back in Henry VIII's time, who did so much to form Anglican liturgy and to write Anglican prayers. And it is really interesting to think a lot of the prayers he wrote, a lot of the collects he wrote, have a particular shape to them. You can see uh, I've listed it there on your handout as he addresses God and then says a truth about God. And then he makes a petition to God, speaks of the result he hopes for, and then does it all in Jesus' name. And you get wonderful prayers. The one there will be very familiar to you. Uh, A wonderful example from history of prayers that can really enrich us, prayers that from time to time we use in our services. Perhaps we should be using these prayers more, actually. Uh, That's one of the things that struck me uh, preparing for this. But they're great prayers that we can then take with us into the week that can help and inform our own prayer life. And then finally, uh, when we gather, we pray prayers led from the front. I guess that's obvious that we do that. But also through one another. As we've often talked about in this series, this is all about the ministry of all believers. Uh, We gather together. We're all on the pitch together. And one of the ways we can serve one another is by joining in with praying for one another. We do that when it's led from the front and we all say amen. Or it's great to have that response, uh, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. That's the way of us saying, yeah, we're all praying here, not just the person at the front. But also, can I really encourage us to to pray for one another, to take the opportunity spontaneously uh, to pray for one another, to ask for prayer. Wonderfully, I do see that happening week by week. Uh, maybe with a friend, a home group leader, or something like this. I just really appreciate prayer for something. And to take the moment. Because what this gathering is, it is a relationship with God. We hear God's word to us, and we're called to respond. And so take the opportunity. Don't miss the opportunities. We hear God's word breathe out. To respond now, here and now. And that might well be just to turn to someone with you and pray after the service. Uh, It might well be uh, that you would like to do it in a different way, which is one of the reasons we're starting something new today. Uh, We're going to start having a prayer team uh, just here to your left, to my right of the stage. Uh, Just a couple of people down here that you might like to to come to and and ask for prayer uh, from uh, they'll come down here during, during the, the final song that we're going to sing in just a few moments' time. And uh, it's really a very simple thing to do. You can just come on up uh, during the song or after um, the formal part of the service is finished uh, and the band keep playing, and you might like to come up. And uh, with the people there, you could just say briefly what you would like uh, prayer for. You might just say, just please pray for me, and they'll be delighted to do so. And the reason we want to give this opportunity is because we want to take the moment. We gather together, we hear God's word, and we're called to respond. And this is one way we might be able to do it. We respond, of course, as we sing. We respond in the quietness of our hearts. We respond as we support and encourage one another afterwards. 
And uh, one other way that we're, we're introducing today that we'd love to become a regular feature of, of our church life together is to, to invite people to come up uh, here uh, and receive prayer as well. Uh, Rosie's overseeing that, that team and has been gathering uh, some people together. If that's something you'd like to be a part of, do, do chat to her as well. So we're going to uh, turn to prayer. One of the band might come up. And uh, just to go back to that illustration we had at the beginning, uh, how is our prayer life? How are we doing? I hope that, if nothing else, we gather together from today to see that we're not on our own. Sometimes we can see ourselves in those boats on our own. But actually we're part of a team. Think boat race. There are eight other, however, seven other uh, rowers in the boat with us. There are however many people here, rowers in the boat with us. And that can be such a support, such an encouragement. Much more importantly, know this. We come before a generous father through his loving son with the help of the Holy Spirit. So we're going we're gonna to sing uh, a song, Be Thou My Vision. It's a brilliant prayer in itself. Why don't we stand? Um, let's just take a moment of quiet as, as we come to this uh, song. And um, maybe there is something particular that you would love prayer for. Uh, there is something particular that you want to bring before God uh, today. Uh, don't leave this morning without doing business with him, uh, responding to his word. You might like to join the prayer team. You might like to just respond as we sing this song in the quietness of your heart. You might like to pray with others afterwards, uh, whatever you prefer. Let's just take a moment of quiet. I'll lead us in prayer, and then we're going to uh, sing together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that as we gather together, we're not just uh, as it were, hearing a monologue from you, but you are calling us into a relationship with you. Lord, thank you that you do speak. And Lord, please help us to respond to you, to know you as our heavenly Father. Thank you for all that is true through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we come before you now, forgiven with new life, and Lord, perhaps if there's particular things we want to bring before you that we want to uh, receive prayer for, Lord, please help us to take this opportunity to do that. Knowing your warm embrace for us, knowing your love for us. We pray this in Jesus' name.